0: all through placing faith in Him, taking in God's Word, and beginning to believe right for all areas of our lives. Now, here's this week's broadcast.
1: Now, I used this last night when I was preaching up River's Edge. I, I personally think fear, like you can know the scriptures, okay? This is just one little deliverance talk here. You can know the Scriptures, but fear won't let you obey them because you obey fear instead of the Word. Turn to Luke 19. Fear might be the biggest enemy you'll ever have. You know, how many people have not gotten along because they were both afraid of each other, and then they just, or everybody's paranoid, and then they're all trying to outthink what the other one's going to do, so, you know, it just gets to be a mess. Luke 19, 24. And he said unto him that stood by, Take from him the pound and give it to him that has 10 pounds. Okay, this guy was afraid. He was afraid, so he didn't do anything with what God gave him. And so what he had was taken away because he feared and his fear made his decision. I have a question. Would you commit resources into somebody who was motivated by fear? and expect to have success. If somebody's afraid, how can, Lord, give me an illustration. You understand, all I have is business illustrations. I hope this don't sound bad, but I'll just give you just a plain one. You have money, you're trying to make money, and you buy a product. You're afraid to tie up 2,500 in a product, so you buy an inferior product for 1,600 nobody wants, so you lose money. Because you were afraid to buy the quality product that somebody could really use So that poverty mentality kept you from making money and you lost what you had. But if you understand and you believe in something, you would buy the higher quality product, take the risk because at least somebody somewhere is going to want it because it's good. So if you're motivated by fear, you begin to make wrong decisions. If I I talk to this person and I become friendly with me, they're going to take advantage of me. Ooh, that's a bad one you don't even worry about that one. You just do what you normally do and you live. They're, they're not in charge of your emotions. You just do what you do and you let them sort it out because you're a free, free moral agent, right? You do what you do because you know what's right and you let the consequences to God. You know, I, I, I said this to you before. I, I listened to people. I told you about Dolly Parton. Remember that? I'll tell you again because there's new people in here. I learned from everybody. They asked her how she built Dollywood. She says, I did it without fear. I just figured it took everything she had to buy a piece of ground and put an amusement park on it and everything else, all the investors she could find too. That's a huge, how many of you got that kind of guts to, to do that, invest millions and millions of dollars to build, build roller coasters and hope you make money? She did it. They said, how did you do it? She said, I did it without fear. If she'd have been fearful, she'd have drawn back and not did it. I'm not telling you to go build an amusement park. I'm telling you it's a principle whether you, whether you know God or not. Some of the greatest people I've met didn't know God, but they weren't fearful. They had faith, and they went out and believed in themselves. See, that's why I know you can learn from people that aren't saved, which is, I say that all the time. Don't don't be a critical saint. Be a loving saint, and you'll be able to receive a lot from a lot of people because just because they're not saved don't mean they're not smart. Don't equate salvation uh, with smarts. Some people are saved and don't seem smart, so that's not going to work, right? True or not? They're saved and they make the craziest decision. You're thinking, what was that? And you thought, I can't believe saved people like that. You got to say, yes, I do. I do believe saved people like that. Because they need wisdom. And the Bible says, above all, get wisdom. And wisdom is what tells you what to do with your knowledge. That's why you study and you educate yourself. But you apply your heart to get wisdom Because education is not enough It's good It's necessary But wisdom tells you what to do With what you've learned That's why some people Now they get written off They think they don't know anything But one little guy Will find out how to apply one little truth And make a million dollars Why all the smart people think he's stupid He's making money And then they go I can't believe he did that I don't know how that happened He used what he knew, even if it was just a little wee bit. Amen. That's what this guy did. He said, take it from him and give it to the guy who has 10 pounds. And he'll take care of people that don't have money. God's God's just good. He said, he's helped me when my life was no good. So I'm not saying, but I'm telling you, when you want an investment, you've got to find somebody who's not afraid to do things. Jesus found Doers. Tax collector, dishonest tax collector, but he was a doer. Fisherman. Probably John was called a son of thunder. I guess he was a fighting fisherman too. Peter. He found people that were doing something and he put resources, the gospel, in their hand. He says, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. He invested in people who were already producers. Because you couldn't commit. Could you imagine if he committed this to a couch potato? Really? Paul went through shipwreck, stonings. You know what? He he, he bragged on his accomplishments. You know, he says, I studied the defeat of Gamal. I'm a Roman citizen. I'm a lawyer. I'm a Pharisee of Pharisees, but I consider it all done. But he was still a doer. Look what all he accomplished. He was a doer. And so he was. Oh man, he was committed to him the right the gospels, not the Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, but almost two thirds of the New Testament. Paul wrote. He wrote it from prison. He wrote it from bad places. He did what he was supposed to do with his resources. God gave Paul much revelation because He knew Paul would give much revelation out. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So fear paralyzes you. This guy was afraid. He said, I was afraid. If you're afraid, you you store things instead of take. You know, when you get something, there's a risk in using it, right? Because you kind of use it up. It doesn't matter what it is. You kind of use things up. And if you're afraid, you hoard them. How many of you to the yard sales, seen stuff in new packages and people had 25 of them and you couldn't figure out why? It's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, I said this to you. It's been years. I, I may have said it a year ago. I don't know, but when I was a kid, a whole bunch of people come out of depression and, and depression was bad. It was bad. I, I actually don't think I'm crazy. I watch videos on a depression because I want to, I want to know how life works. I think that we, when you disconnect from too much reality, you, you fabricate this world that doesn't exist. I need to know what people went through because I need to relate. I need to connect. I need to know it can happen again because history repeats itself. Right. And it may repeat itself real soon. That's right. But I remember my father would make these statements about people. He Sometimes he talked too much, said things. He said, that guy would put a nail on the wall and hang a piece of string on it. And I thought, once you've been broke long enough and hungry, that's what you do. Because when you're afraid, you will put a nail on the wall and put a piece of string on it thinking you might need that string later. Does anybody identify with that? If you were raised in an environment where there wasn't a lot of resources, you would know what I just said. See, poverty leaves an indelible mark on you and you become a hoarder if you don't get delivered from from that. And I'm not defending them. I just can honestly tell you I can see how that could happen to people. Because, you know, in a depression, if you go look at it, some people moved 10, 12 times trying to feed their kids, find places they could grow food. They didn't own homes. Just to give you a little hint about the depression, if you ever want to exi- check it out, listen to this. The farmers, the, the, there was no money to buy nothing. The food, they dumped it out. Do you know they dumped it out? How many of you know that? Farmers were dumping those big five-gallon steel steel cans of milk on the ground because there was nowhere to sell it. They're milking the cows and dumping the food on the ground, throwing away food. There's starvation over here, but there was no way to get it over there. The system broke so bad that you couldn't move nothing around. A farmer would have just say a dollar in something and he'd sell it for 42 cents. The more he planted, the more money he lost. Now, I don't know how all that happens to the economy, but do you realize how messed up that gets? And all that stuff went on in the Depression and we're just so far disconnected from it. (laughs) I consider it fortunate now that I was connected to people that went through it because it, it, I actually think it affected me as a child enough to make me real grateful for what I got and everything. I, it did something in me that I never forget. It's, it's, a changed, it's changed how I view things all my life. Uh, that's why you should listen to some of the stories. Anyway. So we establish our own decisions, and they're made out of our not made out of our feelings. You can't live by what you feel. You have to live by the truth. You know that because you'll feel one way and the truth will tell you to do something else. You cannot live by your... And most people live by their feelings. That's why it says to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. It's the decisions you make out of your spirit are the ones that will make you successful. The ones you make out of your head, they're tolerable, but they're really not connected I'm going to close with this. The word enmity. I've stuck this in a lot of sermons. Enmity means strong hatred. That's what it is in Genesis. Where he will say, I will put enmity between your seed and her seed. The Bible says that the carnal mind is an enmity against God. I had to accept the fact that my mind didn't want to do what God wanted me to do. It was my enemy. Most people think so much of their own opinion, they can't put it down long enough to see what God wants. I always say the problem with humans is they think too much of themselves, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Your, your mind without God is an enemy of God. Now i believe in educating yourself and i think you should fill your mind i learn all the time i like it but it has to be in subjection
0: apostle joe perosich and pastor rena perosich pray that you have been blessed by this week's believe right broadcast chapter 14 and verse 6 from the book of john in god's word tells us that jesus christ is the way the truth, and the life, and that no one comes unto God, the Father, by any other manner than through accepting, believing, and confessing that the shed blood of Jesus has cleansed them of their sins, and that he truly is the risen Savior and Lord of their life. For more on the gospel message of Jesus Christ, you can log on to our website at www.believeright.tv. There you can listen to older radio broadcasts and view our weekly television broadcast, along with finding out more about Apostle Joe Perosich, Pastor Rena and MFC Ministries. That website address again is www.believeright.tv. If you wish to contact us for prayer or ministry information, you can call us in the U.S. at one Or write us at MFC Ministries, 300 Highland Avenue, Morgantown, West Virginia, 26505-USA. Join Apostle Joe Perosich and Pastor Rena Perosich again next week at this time here on this station for another time in God's Word which when applied to our lives, will enable us to believe right for every area of our lives. Have a blessed week in Jesus.